0: Welcome to another episode of The Phoenix Rising Podcast, Journeys of Descending into the Mysteries and Rising from the Roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, spiritual mentor and priestess. I have guided hundreds of women through my one-to-one mentorship, online courses, and Patreon portal into the mysteries within them to rise rooted into their sovereign selves. And today I have the creator and contributor of Wake Up Mother on the show, Wake Up Mother is a community. It is also a collaborative book containing the collective wisdom of mothers. It's held by the Unbound Press, a publishing imprint for unbound women. Sarah Lloyd is the creator. Sarah is a conscious mother of two little girls. Sarah is passionate about giving those who need a voice one voice. Through her own brand of magic based conscious PR and communications, she has supported many women and entrepreneurial mothers in business to share their stories. She also gets that there is a need to balance it all. An intuitive angel communicator and Reiki energy master herself, she specializes in working in flow, so has thrown the PR rule book out the window. Her mission is to teach and guide changemakers and visionaries to share their stories without fear on their terms. Her purpose is to show others it is possible to carve a new way of being. And we also have Kathy Bell on the show with us today. And Kathy Bell is a contributing author to Wake Up Mother. She is a conscious mother to one, an experienced breathwork facilitator, business mentor, and published author whose love language is holding loving, clear, and expansive spaces for you to ground your soul's essence into your human reality while supporting you to step fully into the work that you came here to do. Kathy has created her own facilitator training to teach others her unique formula for holding space and sacred spaces and continues to share authentically from the heart that being human is the point when it comes to spirituality. And it is so beautiful having these two amazing women on the show with me, Sarah and Kathy, our dear friends whom I met on a retreat in glastonbury and avalon the first one i ever went on with rebecca campbell and so i am so excited to have the two on the show together for a really potent conversation uh, around the mother can't wait to dive into this episode with you and if you feel called to support the podcast please like or share subscribe or follow this episode and if you feel like making a financial contribution please join the patreon portal can't wait to sink in with you. I'm so, so excited to see how this conversation weaves and threads. And it's all about a book that was co-created called Wake Up Mother. And I think it's such an important conversation to have. So to start, we're going to start with Sarah. What has been the journey to writing this book? What was the inspiration? How did it come to be birthed?
1: It's interesting you started by saying weaved and threads, because that's basically been the theme through the whole thing. Um, and, it, and just before we jumped on, I was pulling, going down memory lane. I was pulling out some pictures of all the times I've been to Glastonbury, all the times I've sat in circle, the times where we first met, the three of us. Um, I think it was on that retreat. I can't even tell you how long ago it was now. is It, five it was
2: or six 2000- 2017 is it 2017 yes. oh my god the year I got
1: married
0: That's wow. Six ago. <laughs> wow that's so
1: yeah 2017 we sat in circle never met before cried screamed laughed whatever <laughs> <laughs> so there's the whole story behind the screen um, but um and I remember coming back from that retreat I think I was very early so my youngest daughter was a year old and I had didn't realize I'd had horrendous postnatal depression and I guess it was just that healing journey from that point meeting you ladies and then staying in circle for all those years and then regularly meeting up with Kathy and yourself Lisa Um, it just I mean that was the steps that it took before I had this moment in the shower where it was like I think it was lockdown, I was hating my life because I was getting up at four in the morning to nurture and birth my own business. But then because we were homeschooling, I was kind of having to nurture and homeschool the kids and look after them until about three o'clock where I could stick them in front of Disney Plus. So I was kind of this point in the shower, I was like, for fuck's sake, this is, surely this is not it. This cannot be it. And I cannot be the only one dealing with all this. And I just got this, you know, kind of come to Jesus moment in the shower where I heard, wake up, wake up, mother. It's like, it's not about you. It's about the children. It's about all the Mm -hmm. other things. And yes, you do need to heal this stuff kind of message. So then I got this kind of call to arms almost where I danced around the idea of pulling together a a book. And I thought, well, no one's going to want to read just what I've got to say this needs to be other people's perspectives Um, because we all can sit in circle but have very very different journeys in different well in mother in particular so I called in the authors and they came and they were people that I knew people that I didn't know um, people that have got children people that have got businesses people that want children, people that don't want children. It was it was a real eclectic mix of women that showed up. And we started meeting once a month for, well, it was a year ago. So February in bulk, we held a ceremony and we met probably once every four to six weeks to just talk into what mother meant to us. Mm. And we asked a question every time we met, we sat in circle and we just talked into our stories. So it was kind of like a fireside chat on Zoom. But then what that then led to was what our chapters were about. So I'm going to stop talking because I'm sure Kathy's got some thoughts on that. But that was how it we just weaved and sewed this book together. And it took nine
0: months because obviously it (laughs) would have done. So so yeah. So is it each woman's personal story or is it each of your stories woven all together?
1: Mix of both, I think I think it was the question the big question was, what does mother mean to you? Mm. so most people wrote there it was became a each of us had a what mother means to me, what is my story, what did you know what was my experience and kind of thoughts around you know sharing with other mothers um considerations or tips or whatever. Mm. I think most people were. It was about this a point in time, a story that was coming up quite loudly during our circle time. I
0: think, yeah, Kathy, what is mother for you? Oh,
2: you're going straight in with that one. I don't get any prep. Like I don't. (laughs) I just want to. I just want to have the same questions as Sarah. Please, no. Um, I come to what mother means to me in a second. I'm just going to fill in some gaps there, guys, because I'm listening and I'm I'm um, so. Yeah, Sarah, as we know, Lisa and I both know, Sarah is a visionary. And so mm. when she comes with an idea, I think I'm going to do this thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you kind of listen, like, you mm. know, Sarah, she doesn't, you know. And it happens. It happens, <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's always big. And I, am, I, didn't, I immediately wanted to get involved. So when Sarah said I was in the shower, I and mean, she was just telling her story there, and as soon as you said "wake up, mother," Sarah, I got full body chills and the ear, the tears welled up in my eyes. Like Lisa's nodding. I don't know if you, Lisa, you got the same. It's mm-hmm. it was like that. I was like, oh, this is this is something I want to be involved in. If this if just the title creates this reaction in my body, I wanna I want a piece of this. Um, but then I was really in out. I was like oh oh, do I want to connect to this group of women do I want to write my story do I want to share again who wants to hear it do I need to drag it up and there was this whole dance around me and my chapter and and connecting with the group um but I knew that I had to be there um Mm. in some capacity so I wrote my chapter right at the last minute as did Sarah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah our book Wake Up Mother it does have those it has it's three parts it has maybe more than three parts but I think two distinct sections um of like Sarah said the conversations that we had so there's transcripts in the beginning part where our stories and our opinions and our shared are woven together but then each one of us has shared our own story Mm. and that's not just the I mean, I personally shared the lead up to my birthing story and a little bit of my birth story, um, but it's not the whole. You know, it's not it's not just about that. My my chapter is actually called "I Never Set Out to Be a Spaceholder." So, you know, you know, framing that mother role to me, like I became a mother, and my initiation was to become a spaceholder at the same time. Like it was, mm. it, that was the that was the initiation for me. Um, but then the other ladies' chapters, you know, they they go they dance. Through all kinds of um, fun and serious, and also like you know whimsical, sometimes journeys that we've all been on as mothers, um, or not mothers, you know Mm -hmm. those of those of the authors who have chosen consciously not to be parents, who are not parents or mothers yet, and and really aspire to be, and maybe have dedicated their lives so far to their their business, their conscious business, and their creations. Um, yeah. So in terms of, I mean, that's that's what I wanted to fill in. Yeah. First well, I think of that that's <laughs> an
0: important conversation. Is what is the archetype of the mother? It's not mm. necessarily just about birthing children, yes. but there's this innate desire or need, I would say, in us as creatrix, as like this portal with the womb to create mm-hmm. something. Yes. Yeah to birth something
1: such anger as well I mean there was some real anger in some of the conversations like real like the fact that we have been we've been squeezed and Mm. you know the I guess the other thing that came up really quite loudly for me was that you know going off and having your mother's meeting are you what are you going to discuss and it's like I wanted to reframe that mother's meeting, that disgust, that judgment that you're just off talking about now, Varnish, mm. kind of, you know, fluffy, off the girls go kind of situation. Whereas we were having really deep, you know, really gritty conversations about the state of the world mm. <laughs> and how it, you know, it can be lived, we can do things so much better, differently. So, you know, it's that whole women you know going a bit getting a bit like annoyed with stuff I mean, i think one of the chapters emma she wrote a chapter around you know she was being victimized on her uh, on her breastfeeding journey and you know things like you know, having those issues in hospital when you give birth uh, when you know a doctor or a nurse is telling you that you know you're not doing it right and it and it starts there if you're a parent but then equally if you're a business owner There's always this, you know, this patriarchal background that's telling us to, um, you know, that we're not doing it right. So there's Mm. this whole like we're almost deep, deep down within us. We're told that we don't know what we're doing and that, you know, you know, the little woman should just follow what the man's telling us to do. And, And it was a real. Actually, there's real strength in women, there's real strength and wisdom in this you know, in these cosmic womb this that we carry. And I think at the time there was, you know, there was a lot of uproar around Wade and Rowe, I think with mm. the abortions and, you know, all of that just kind of my body, my choice kind of messaging was, was coming up very loudly so that it was a real kind of just felt like a massive call to arms to just hang on a minute. We are strong and powerful. You know, you wouldn't be here without us. kind of thing but doing it in a beautiful gentle feminine way not kind of rocking up with our placards you
0: know (laughs) yeah yeah keeping that um the nourishment and love and surrender surrendering aspects of the feminine it's it's not a fight but it's like we have a we have a voice and we have a lot to say and when we think about just in you know watching friends raise their baby recently there's so much shame that comes in if you're like co-sleeping or, you know, doing it a different way than the ways that we were um, raised, where it was like, let the baby cry it out, let, you know, um, sleep train, all those different things. And it's like, what if there was a new way of mothering or if a mother was listening to her own intuition and following that and listening to the baby, like having this really beautiful co-creative relationship as opposed to I'm going to control and train and make this child who I think they should be should be yeah you know yeah so it's a a beautiful like soul contract between the mama and the baby and and letting it be this co-creation Kathy we didn't what is mother to you
2: so I think mother to me it has to come down to that space holding Mm. heart peace um it's, I know mother physically mothering is holding a lot of space for a conscious soul of the you know their their own free will you know being here and she's ha- she, you know my daughter has her own life she has her own destiny she has her own fate and Lisa I think you know I don't know if you remember but you you were one of the first people to say that to me and it mm-hmm. changed my grip around the parenting decisions that I was making um so in, I don't see yeah I don't see parenting now as, as this thing that I have to control or contrive or live up to standards because I've come to accept that my daughter has our own destiny and I am her space holder I hold space for her um who lived the life that she was you know that she came here to live um and that's not to say I don't look after her that's just to say <laughs> I am I you know I've let go of you know oh god I think she should be doing this no mm. she's here to make her own decisions be her own person and I'm space for that and mother to me I suppose again extends out to, to nature and to the great mother to our earth our home um throughout the book we wanted to there was actually a cover version that had like trees and was very earthy it didn't quite fit which is why it didn't make the cover but it you know many of us have that relationship with the great mother Mm -hmm. um, with the earth with the safe solid sureness groundedness of the soil and to me it's that it's this it's you know the earth is the ultimate space holder she holds us all watches and leans yeah. back and doesn't interfere <laughs> it's kind of the archetype archetypal opposite of what maybe a lot of society thinks mother is you know yeah that like yeah. doing everything for everybody like no i'm just gonna Sit lean back, back and, yeah and hold some space for you to, to unfold I'm always going to be here and you know those divine feminine principles that love compassion mm. and just holding that gentle wisdom you know I'm here when you need me that's I think mm. that's what it's what it is to me Yeah.
0: She can be fierce sometimes though, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: She can kick up a fuss and throw us a storm. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, correct a little bit, but it feels like that, like, you know, we're, well, we're all kind of in that age where we're transitioning into crone. um, But that like more like sitting back and holding the space, but not like reaching and striving, you know, and, and gripping and controlling. It's like, That was a big lesson for me with my daughter was like, because she was having some mental issues when she was in her late teenage years. And you just want to fix it. You want to make it all better. Even right now she's having some relationship stuff and you have to, you want to fix it as a mother. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I have to just sit back and hold the space for her and know that she is going through her own journey. She came here with a soul contract. She came here with lessons and initiations to go through it's not my job to fix everything, and I yeah. think that's so powerful. Mm. That you know, such a lesson that we're all learning is to the sit hardest back.
1: one. I think, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and surrender for a Virgo, for me. <laughs> oh, Virgo, are you a Virgo? Yeah, Vir- yeah. Virgo, sense.
1: Virgo, Sun, Aquarius, Moon, and Cancer rising. So I'm, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense
0: that makes a lot of sense
1: what is mother for you Sarah I should know the answer to this question considering (laughs) it was (laughs) I can find it in the book if you want I can probably (laughs) echo everything that Kathy said because I think I I guess mother is the creatrix of everything Mm. you know it's it's the we wouldn't be here if we didn't have a mother, you know, and we wouldn't be, you know. It's our home, and you know, it, it's it's the bigness. I can't even explain it. Sorry, I'm on day one. This is. Do you want me here. to?
2: Do you want me to read this bit here, Sarah? So the rage, yeah, a page, yeah. A mm-hmm. that, that bit
1: because I mean <laughs> it, that's what that's where the rage came from because it pissed me off when I went and looked in the dictionary and it said. Human being that gives birth to another human being, and I was like, "That is that is the smallest sentence for the biggest fucking job in the whole yeah. world." <laughs> it's like <laughs> so
2: Sarah. Yes, yeah, so you nutshell it. it. Sarah made her own definition of which I think is incredible. So, a goddess on Earth, a female figure of authority, a creatrix, a holder of the heart, weaver, weaver of deep connection, and one who tends to the inner wisdom and knowing. A soothsayer who births, illuminates, protects, and nurtures.
0: I love that. Was it Keeper of the Hearth?
2: Yeah. Holder of the
0: Hearth. Holder of the Hearth. It's like the keeper of the stories and the weaver. Mm. And that's what you guys have done with your book.
2: Mm.
0: It's the stories that are, you know, passed down from generation to generation. Like what a gift Mm. for your daughters. We all have daughters. Yeah, Yeah, we do. Part of
1: that, yeah, yeah. I felt there's another piece I'd love to read to you if that's all right. Mm-hmm. So it was the whole you know, it was written for women who are rocking their mother energy, those mo- women who felt lost, alone, unsupported, dimmed, squashed, uncomfortable, unable to speak for truth for fear of it highlighting shadows, mothers, sisters, witches, bitches, whores, and good girls. It's for the mothers of children, fairy friends, businesses, and creative projects. I suppose you couldn't fit that in the dictionary, really, could you? (laughs) (laughs) Mother is when we're most fertile physically. It's when we begin to nurture, guide and support those around us. Our creative blooming, the ripening fruit, our period of birthing ideas, businesses and babies. It's also the time we are asked to quietly shoulder a lot. Societal pressures, conditioning from authorities, media exposure and emotional immaturity are all designed to keep us forever in our girlhood and our maiden. The never-ending quest to stay young, look young, but successful, the cook in the kitchen, the whore in the bedroom, a construct designed to suit the patriarchy. Add to that the pressure of procreation, our biological clocks ticking, being expected to carry on regardless, our playground wounds playing out in adult life, inability to feel able to mother ourselves for fear of being selfish, emotionally immature women growing up alongside their children. Taboos around the reality of childbirth, menarch, menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, orgasms, leaky nipples, and female ejaculation, the reality that babies are not just for Christmas. Businesses, children, and creative projects take a village to raise. It is in our mother energy we find our community, our village, and sanity. The opportunity to face and embrace our shadows with no judgment, it is in those shadows we find ourselves the parts of us unseen or in darkness parts hidden from the world or even ourselves this book is that big searchlight looking over the ocean shining a light on the unseen the unspoken wrapped in a big cozy blanket of love
0: Mm,
1: there you go you should submit that that's what mother means to me (laughs) (laughs) You should write a book, Sarah. I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should.
0: <laughs> I, that that is powerful, and there's so many threads to that, and and that's the depth of what it is to be a mother, to be a woman. Like there's so so much mystery. It's like this never-ending cosmic womb that is full of so much, so much wisdom, and just the one. I mean, there are so many parts that stood out there, and but that like conditioned to stay in maiden and to stay looking young and youthful and you know I was on the phone with one of my best friends and and her sisters are getting Botox and just full of fillers and all of that kind of stuff and I'm choosing not to do that at this time in my life and she's like you're aging gracefully you know just naturally but we see this difference happening on the planet of you need to strive to look young and there's no shame in doing that if that's your your choice 100 but it's like how do we take that back like the wisdom that comes with age the beauty that comes with age the confidence and just standing in ourselves without Mm -hmm. feeling like we're constantly searching for our maidenhood back you know like I need this
1: I do feel I feel like the way that we are all certainly the women that we're in circle and certainly the women that I've sat in circle with who are you know we get there are things that we do to to you know I I still dye my hair I want to keep dyeing my hair however there are things like I just want to be strong I just Mm want to get fit and be strong and be mentally fit and strong and that is something that I think we the, the mothering piece, mothering ourselves. And obviously, with breath breath work, I go to Kathy for my breath work to keep me mentally kind of in the game. So I think without things like that, without talk meditation and yoga and walking and being in nature, I feel like I'm also resting more because I'm not in that corporate environment anymore where I was having to have my hair done, do my nails, do all the things. I feel like if you're in that Aspect of society, there's this whole pressure to keep up with everybody. Mm. But if you step out of that society and surround yourselves with women that are not that bothered by that stuff, the beauty shines through anyway. I, I feel like the women that I'm surrounded by, they're not Botoxing or anything, but they are so beautiful just because they're resting taking care of themselves you know getting yeah. their vitamin d all those things i think mm. there's just no role, role model out there showing us that that's what they're doing it's mm. you know they're all it's horrendous actually isn't it like when i when saw the think- friends thing when they're yeah. all botoxed to bits <laughs> it's storeful <laughs> mm. it is a huge
2: huge topic and honestly as a i'm almost 40 it's one of the things that that I'm really I struggle with the most letting go of like the face like as the as the lines are getting deeper and the I'm like it's really hard and Mm. I I have to keep questioning myself like do I really want that do I why why would I really you know why would I want to get filler I could easily get filler why but why am I doing that mm. who am I you know trying to look good for and what are the what are the constructs of my mind and thoughts and belief systems that are telling me that I that's what I need to do because my husband certainly doesn't think I need to do that and I don't think anybody who loves me and ha- you know it's a friend of mine will be like yeah babe I think you need to get some filler like it comes from for me and, and you know my you know the what's the word so it's the culture the society the the conditioning that's the word yeah the conditioning that that was that surrounded me um as a child and, and beyond that cuz yeah i don't plug into magazines or the you know daily mail online or you know
1: the it's most main mainstream- princesses we used to watch you, you know think i do disney think it's princess. all that stuff it starts from a very young age it really yeah. does because we're a, yeah. we're you know we're subjected to what it should you know disney princess yeah yeah and that old skin. hag like the old, old
2: hag oh, old yeah. hag witch. Like the witch the
0: you know old hag. I, I googled crone i googled crone because i'm starting a crone group because i'm in crone and in menopause and oh it was all old haggy witches oh. and i'm like that is not the crone. Wow. You know? So it's like we're scared of this archetype of yeah. the wise woman. Yeah. Yeah. You know? the, yeah. It was so, I was like, oh gosh, I'm not using any of those pictures. <laughs> Fairy tales have done us a <laughs> disservice for years,
1: haven't they, really? If you think yeah, about yeah. it, it's like, yeah.
0: you know, be rescued, be rescued. Fear the old witch. Some when you start sprouting see-
1: hairs, that's it.
0: run for the hills totally and it's interesting just I think it was you Sarah who said about we don't see the journey of women aging gracefully we don't really see that on social media and I would have to 100% agree and what's interesting for me over this past year as I'm you know I guess I'm in crone. I don't feel like I I'm going to say more wild woman, but I've really taken a step back from social media and being seen just because I don't want to be anymore. You know, it, it wasn't, um, it was like, I just, it didn't fill me as much as it used to, like that self-expression and stuff. And so I just wonder if that's part of aging is you want to take a step back and, just be like, there's that real slowing down where Mm -hmm. I don't want to share as much of my story anymore on the podcast. I do, but it's not like out on social media. And I just wonder if that happens for women as they age, where it's like Mm -hmm. in a really gracefully way, taking a step back and slowing down. Um, and, but it, it inspires me to be more vocal and share more of my journey so that women are seeing other women, you know, in this more, aging space you know is we're we're midlife we're mm-hmm. I'm just over my midlife crisis it's a real thing <laughs> it's I, see, a- I
1: do see I say that we don't have role models and then I've got faces like you know Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders who are mm-hmm. you know Judy Dench and there's a lot of amazing women actresses who are still Emma Thompson Emma Thompson just like completely rocking it isn't she and Helena Bonham Carter I mean that but they are like a handful of women that you know the there's the other flip side of the Jennifer Aniston's and the Courtney Coxes, and she's just come out saying she wished she'd never had fillers and there's Mm -hmm. there's almost this u-turn happening at the moment I think where it's about being strong and fit as opposed to you know the having the hobby. Skin.
0: Yeah. yeah 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 I had a an episode on the podcast just re- recently released around hormoni- hormonal health balancing your horm- hormones and Madeline talked a lot about what if it wasn't about being skinny or dieting what if it was about balancing your hormones mm-hmm. you know and more about your inner strength and your um mental balance and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to, I need to be skinny, I need to look a certain way, you know, because when your hormones are balanced, that ripples out into every aspect Mm -hmm. of your life, where you're strong, and your metabolism, and you've got your libido, and all of that kind of stuff, you know, it's not about looking a certain way. It's about how Mm -hmm. you feel. And, and, you know, just coming back to getting rid of wrinkles and filling and all that kind of stuff, your inner radiance glows through 1 million times more than smooth skin. You know what I mean?
1: The other thing as well, like just to talk into that is I, I think I don't think I've ever changed my skincare regime since I was 20. Mm -hmm. And I'm now hitting 44 and I'm realizing actually I should probably use some moisturizer and I probably should use, you know, some beauty, you know, I should start looking after my skin because I want to look, I want it around. (laughs) (laughs) You. I just want to pause here.
2: You both have incredible skin. Like Mm. you both, Like you just, you're naturally gifted. You're just very naturally skin gifted guys. So thank
0: you. But it is, it
2: does become more about taking care of this Mm. organ. It's mothering
0: yourself. Yeah. It's mothering yourself. Yeah. So you feel good and you're not like, What's the word? Like sometimes I walk up the stairs and I'm like, oh, my bones are aching. You know, like <laughs> I had to get orthopedics. <laughs> but like, it's well, taking gonna- <laughs> care of yourself so that you can move and feel good and be, you know, go for hikes, be able to express your body and fully live in your body and have a healthy body, you know.
2: And I feel like this, this, this weaves, it's it's definitely more about this self-love piece and it is and this longevity of relationship with you rather than finding a quick fix I think yeah a successful you know if we're going to be successful women yeah. you know and not just successful as in climbing any ladders but I mean have our, our legacy live on and mm. live beautiful lives Mm. that I mean that's our legacy isn't it to live beautiful lives and l- express these archetypes of the you know of the wild woman and the crone Su- I and mean, keep using successful I don't that's a bit of a shit word but you get what I mean like to live those expressions of what it means to be a woman mm. and give younger generations and give up here good role models it has to be about creating this long relationship deep and loving beautiful relationship rather than going for those quick fixes and yeah like yeah. the Botox and the, it's yeah.
1: totally mothering ourselves it's mothering yeah. when we move into mother the biggest the biggest shift needs to be you mother yourself first it's the oxygen mask first it's mm. even though you've given birth or you're creating or you're support you know you're supporting out el- the out el- you know your older generations or you're nurturing your younger generations this is the problem we're slap bang in the middle of those two generations and then you're in the middle going trying to do everything and it's like hang on a minute the most important person here is you you need to mother yourself first yeah Yeah. and then you've got energy for everybody else and I think that's the thing that we're always made to feel selfish and guilty and bad mums bad partners because we're not you know we're serving everybody else and then you get to the end of the day and you're like I'm done <laughs> mm-hmm. that's wrong it should be the other way around isn't it mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest lesson I'm ser- I'm still learning it you know I don't think you ever get it perfect but I think the fact that I know now when I need to have a day and sleep because I'm exhausted I can't you know I used to try and book it in around the kids schedules that doesn't happen anymore I just have to go and do it, and actually what i'm seeing as a result of that is the kids are now starting to calm down and if they need to rest then they go and rest instead of me going go and have a nap for god's yeah. sake i need a nap go and have a
0: nap <laughs> it's like if oh i do it,
1: they'll come and lay with me you know it's kind of it's that it's almost giving yourself permission to do what's right for you and then everything else will follow
0: yeah yeah when it comes to legacy, and I think that's such a beautiful word but that does tie into like success, but success has been so defined as your career, but success is also like love raising that. beautiful children, you know, or, mm. or it can be so many different things. We have so many different definitions of what success is, but our, our current society says it's being successful, climbing a corporate ladder, making a shit ton of money, whatever it might be. But that legacy, it's like, what do we want to leave for our children? And I've been sitting with that, you know, entering into Crone 43. I'm like, hey, this is midpoint. I've got the next 40 years, hopefully. What do I want to leave for my daughter? What do I want to create on the earth? So for for both of you, what does it feel like? This is a big question. Is your, your legacy, like, what do you want to leave like what would be the message for your daughter daughters you know is that that's a big question
2: okay yeah, i got i got all the i got all the tingle tingles though what is the message for my daughters daughters it would i would love to see them living like our ancestors mm. you know bring back the village don't do it alone mm. and yes I'm sure Sarah will just We'll just be like yep that too um but yeah don't do it alone bring back the village like we were not you know <clears throat> I know when my, my my daughter and my niece and nephew were young we used to spend a lot of time with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and they'd be like should we just get a house hmm. you know should we just get a house together and just have oh well, you know two separate houses at the door because it made sense it and it was you know if you didn't think about the future if you just thought about the now it was like yeah let's that's like the best thing we'll move my mum in they can have a bit down the bottom and it'll be brilliant like we'll all be separate but we'll all be together like that that community you know that you know ancient tribes and you know Mm-hmm. very very kind of I don't want to be um, I don't want to say the wrong word here because I'm I'm going off on a tangent but this that I'm going to start speaking
0: yeah no that I've thought so much about that over these past couple of months because I'm alone we're never alone but I, I live far away from my mother and my daughter and my sister you know mm-hmm. and going through this initiation ancestrally I would have had a group of women supporting me through that childbirth. we would have had groups of women supporting us through that we wouldn't be on our own and Mm -hmm. I think that is such a necessary aspect of life to come back is the village you know and it's like I remember pre-covid the thought of living on land with my mother and my sister and my daughter I would cringe like I'd be like no way (laughs) now that is all I want you know like-minded people supporting one another growing food together having that community because that Mm. is what heals in so many ways so so many ways Sarah what is um what does legacy look like for you
1: I think I mean you guys have summed it up massively but I do think like you can see the social constructs that have always well I guess the last two and a half years I've realized it's almost like the scales fell from my eyes it's like you have definitely been sleepwalking through life I mean it was I thought that I'd had an awakening moment like six seven years ago but I guess the last three years have really taught me that you know there is so much more that can fall away and there will be even more fall away by the time my girls grow up and you know you see it people are wanting a simpler life and for me a successful legacy will be that they know that they were loved and that you know being kind and being fair and being strong are measures of a successful life I guess you know and I can say we've written books and we've created communities and we're supporting other women. And that would be an amazing legacy too. But I just bottom line, I just want my kids to be beautiful, loving human beings and, you know, treating others in the same way, I guess. But Mm. like you say, don't do it alone. It's like community is sitting in that circle, you know, in 2017, I realized I had never sat in a space like it. It had always been in a in a situation where I was either you know unconsciously competing with somebody, another woman in my space, or sitting there drunk, bitching about another group of women. and it just if I'm just so glad I'm not doing that anymore. I'm so glad that it, you know when I come together with people in circle, we're talking about more meaningful subjects. <laughs> And, you know, it's not so vacuous and, you know, petty, I guess. Yeah. I think that I'd love to just see some more depth in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That depth and having real vulnerable, open conversations where there's truth to what's really going on. It's not like, oh, everything's great. I'm busy at work you know, bitching about the men in our lives or (laughs) however it shows up. It's more like, no, this is, this is real. This is what I'm celebrating. And this is also what I'm struggling with in this moment, Mm -hmm. because in that we don't feel alone. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's real life experiences and depth to it. The spiral just came up for me and can you speak to what the spiral means and cause it's on the cover of the beautiful mm. book, but it feels like that going deeper and deeper and deeper like that. We're depth. always,
1: always learning, always learning. You, you think you've learned something and then you have to learn it again in a different, mm-hmm. it was like, it's the peeling of the onion. It's that I don't think we're ever done, but I also feel like the more we tread the spiral, the wiser we get. And there's always going to be someone behind us that's learning from us. And there's always going to be someone in front of us who's teaching us. And I feel like that we're always on that spiral. It's like when we were sitting in circle, everyone, different ages, different stages, but we were teaching the crone of the group, how to do things. And she was teaching us other things. You know, we're always going to have different wisdom is going to be shared. I think it's almost like every day's a school day and everyone's your teacher it's almost mm. that kind of analogy and i guess yeah there was something else that I, it's gone now but it might come back again in a minute around kind of the legacy of of this project and kind of moving forwards is i just really hope that our kids can sort of see the type of work that we're doing and understand that you know you It's the, I think it was the trick. There you go. It was the triggers. We were sitting in and someone would trigger us. And instead of going off and having the, you know, what, how I would have probably reacted in the past and she triggered me. I don't like her anymore. It was kind of, she triggered me. What is that? What am I having to heal here? What I just really hope my kids find people that can sit in circle with them and help them heal through those things, as opposed to just you know having to, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm done.
2: <laughs> it's like the it's like the how much, how the bully culture has moved on, hasn't it? Like we're yeah. we're much more as a society and think in general aware of of you know when someone is maybe outwardly expressing trauma or inner turmoil or pain, and that expresses like bullying or bitching. We're much more aware of that now that actually that's it's not about the other person it's about the person who's it, it's coming from and I think that's I don't want to say forced pain, but isn't that's it? en- it's encouraged a lot of people to go inwards and do their own inner spiral like the spiral for me I always see that at the heart and it's like that spiraling inward deeper and deeper and deeper into the mysteries as Lisa would say like going deeper into the own mystery your the mystery of of yourself and the mystery of your own heart and your own past and your own yeah history in a way um Mm. as a spiral for me it's always this heart thing and you know going into the depths to emerge brighter lighter and wiser I suppose Mm. and of course that spiral represents that circle and I think the circle's such a symbol for this community that we've spoken about you know bringing back the village it's a you know, Sarah's started the story off by, you know, with us sitting in circle and that's, yeah, there's, there are circles everywhere, whether they're like, you know, sat around the table in the pub or whether you're at your mother's meeting or whether you're at the play group or whether you're, you know, wherever you are, we, we sit round together, but yeah, I'd love, I echo what Sarah said. I'd love for more depth to be there mm-hmm. um, too within within these communities, within circles, within our conversations, being truthful and open and vulnerable. Um, One of my biggest drivers, you know, the reason why I share stories and why I share on social media, and why I, you know, it's kind of the foundation really of my business is sharing these vulnerable stories because nobody should ever, I don't believe anybody should ever feel alone in their darkness and the more of us that can share our vulnerability you know we we allow other people to know that it's okay and that they're not alone and when we can do that it just has that chain reaction you know unveils or lifts lifts the veil off the shame that I think and self-judgment that a lot of us carry like my life is like this shame and it's so shameful Mm -hmm. but actually when we Tell the story, and other people go, I'm so pleased you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. That's me too. Or I had a similar thing. I could so relate to you, all on all those beautiful um, messages or comments. It just makes it, that's the whole point. Yeah. You know, yeah. why why write Wake Up Mother? Like, you know, it's that call to arms, Sarah said around the injustice that we were feeling especially coming out of covid that's when i think the mother load i tagged sarah actually on facebook the other day some somebody that i i follow sh- shared a brilliant quote about um how we're expected to you know to do all the things and it's mm. it, it, it named it as the mother load mm. i loved that and yeah. i think in 2020, 2020 2021 that's when the mother load became we all realized what immense pressure we were being put under to yeah to school to parents to work Mm. to be the space holders to do it all and not have any community ourselves like not be able to go and go and see our you know be with our friends or be with our sisters or be with our families and have that space to be seen and be held we you know all got taken away so I forgot my point but circle mm-hmm. back to um circle back to the circle i think i started, <laughs> I, started yeah, about this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just i guess i wanted to add to that as well because obviously that's the piece that we 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 don't want to bash men or yeah. our, and i think that was the other thing it's like we didn't want to it wasn't an outward attack on the patriarchy or the masculine so the masculine not the patriarchy mm-hmm. the masculine because what we realized as well going through things like the pandemic is you know i needed to communicate better with my husband and we just we just weren't emotionally equipped to deal with hey i can't do it all and yeah. in it, the first lockdown i definitely found it difficult to express what i needed and you know it was just an assumption that i would deal with everything But the thing that also that came up is that the masculine, they need to be told what Mm. they need, how they can help us and support us because they're not taught that either. And I think that was another piece that came up in the book and we don't talk about it so much in the book, but it it was definitely something that I was shown around the birthing of the book. We had a ceremony and I did a, a deep, I went within to see what the work was about and it was around original I was shown an original space that I was held holding um which was a birthing ceremony so it was you know we're all in white and it was snowdrops and it was quite you know ancient kind of birthing ritual and the Roman soldiers came and what the Roman soldiers were trying to stop us from doing the work <clears throat> and then when we explained to the Roman soldiers what it was actually about, and it was the celebration of this baby and the birthing of a new human being, they kind of dropped their swords and joined the circle and joined this circle in divine union. So there was almost like, yes, we're leading the way as the mothers because we're the ones that birth children, birth ideas, et cetera, but the masculine need to be with us too. And Mm. and that's talks about the feminine and the masculine within us. And also in these circles and communities, which is why it's like, we wouldn't all go and sit, go and like live in a tent, us women, um, without the men, because we, we need the men, you know, we, without them, we can't have children. So it's like that whole, it's back to that divine union piece again. So hopefully that made some sense. I knew there was some waffle in there.
0: (laughs) No, that was beautiful. It is. It's that co-creation and men are so different from us i remember kathy you recommended i read read the queen's code mm. years and years queens ago code, brilliant it's mm. so good and so keys good. to the kingdom and just you tell a man what you need and he will go you know a nice man
2: I don't know yeah and like a where, <laughs> when and how i make you feel yeah, the Sarah. i mean i think the queen's code came through a lane i think you know so I think our friend Elaine shared that with with a few of us. And yeah, I pa- you know, pass it on because it's the Queen's Code. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so, so good. Good. it's like it's like the next. I mean, I've never let read men are from Mars, Women from Venus, but I imagine that's, you know, it's, it's like the next level version of that. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's okay. Like, yeah. You tell a man how he can serve you and provide, provide for you, and he will go to great lengths to do that and that's how they're wired. They're wired so different for from us. And so that like, yeah, we need them chopping the wood, you know, just that ancestral way of living providing. Yeah, and
2: even and even do you know what that just sparked the idea like, you know, of the the women would get like give orders. It wouldn't Mm. be, you know, we're kind of in this, especially our generation, we believe that like the men you know, the men wear the trousers, they're in charge, the man, you know, we're actually it's like, hmm, what if the dynamic was a little bit different? And if we could change that status quo, that would be quite You know what I love
0: is that the masculine leads in the scene and the woman leads in the unseen. Oh, yes. And so it might look like the the man is leading. And I like, like, I like being led, but our energy is what is guiding, how he leads, you know? So Ooh. there's like, yeah, I love that. Cause it's like, too. Mm-hmm. for me, one of my greatest lessons, and I think we can all attest to this is letting go of control and mm-hmm. so trying to control men. But it's like, when I can surrender to him, he's leading in the scene, but I'm in the unseen, you know, that letting go of control. And that's mm-hmm. such a big part with children as well as letting go of that control, just with life. And, and Kathy, when you were speaking to lockdowns and everything, like we literally went to the other side of the pendulum of community, you know, we were drove to that. And now it's like, bring that back in a really, really beautiful way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah was interesting times and I think we're really seeing that big (laughs) shift the kind of the rippling effect of what we all went through with that with that the earth can we speak to the earth like our great mother a little bit and just our children you know like how I grew up I mean we were outside all the time for sure but there wasn't that reverence for the earth there wasn't that relationship with the earth it was just something we lived on so to speak um and i think that more communing with the land and being in service and stewardship to the land is really coming back is there anything that comes up for either of you of how that's been woven with the book i mean <laughs> maybe avalon does avalon want to come through at all with that
1: well i guess i mean we wrote the book before mother which i think is kind of our maiden book actually yeah with, with shakti farts
0: okay <laughs> I wanted
2: to talk about <laughs> I need, I
1: need, <laughs>
2: here she is shakti farts and belly laugh but everybody else says it belly laughs because they're all posh and i say okay. belly laughs but it's the cutest <laughs> it's the cutest funnest book definitely do you know what sarah that you're so right because that's my maiden story so in that one, it's the little, the, my, my chapter, the little girl that sees you, no, the little girl in me sees the little girl in you.
1: Mm. But yeah, and she it, is. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely the, she's definitely the kind of maiden fun because we were, you know, we were sitting in circle again on the, uh, in the land. We were actually, um it was in the middle of the pandemic. It was, I think we were, we somehow managed to get a sp- we were allowed to sit in outside if there were seven of us or something stupid like that.
0: Mm-hmm. But we
1: were like, "We'll just book a year. We'll be outside. What are they going to do?"
0: <laughs> this was in Glastonbury, right? This so was this the... was in
1: Glastonbury. It was originally. Yeah, we had building. two years. <clears throat> it was a. It was supposed to be a bit of a festival thing, um, but then due to the government ha- having strict guidelines, we we then shrunk it down to the original group. And we had people just popping in, um, but we were very much on the land for the week. We stayed um, just outside Glastonbury in a place called Banbury Meadow, which is part of the Glastonbury Zodiac. Mm. So, and the land was very, is connected to very well. It, we were shown it was, there's a massive Egyptian connection there <clears throat> and it's on selenite crystal. So it was very powerful earth we were let. we were sitting on and we were like yeah let's write a story about this <laughs> it was just
2: such a powerful retreat wasn't it it was it was a retreat we called it the fuck all retreat because it was like <laughs> we've organized it but we don't nobody wants to hold any space we just want to hang out we yeah. don't what are we what are we doing today Sarah fuck all like what are we doing today So, you know like that whole and, and, it, and it was like I remember having to unwind and being so uncomfortable with sitting still and not doing it being away and not being like what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing the nervous system like had I had to a lot of us had to unwind and um it was really interesting to then sink into that of no, you know nothingness and that no one was holding space we weren't doing I actually did hold some breath work space but there was no schedule there was no here and 12.30 Mm. here and there was none of that there was no opening circle there was no closing circle but we were on retreat and we all just had we all opened didn't we Sam we all started to be so honest and open and vulnerable with one another and because Sarah and I knew each other Emma and I knew each other you know but I'd never met Nicola I'd never met Yolandi I'd met obviously met Katie and then you know other people who showed up we didn't know we all didn't know each other so we knew each other from online spaces but not connected and that led to this unraveling and then this honesty and then this vulnerability as we started to share these stories and I did actually go off and write the little girl in me sees the little girl in you I went off and wrote it like a little poem and I came back and I was like would everybody like me to read my read my story and saw my poem and there was just so much beautiful openness and softness and vulnerability and we did share our stories and we did kind of open up to one another and then we came away and we wrote these chapters these stories independently from one another and then you read it and you're like oh my god as if that's what they thought oh my god as if that's what she was going through oh mm-hmm. my god like as if I can't believe she was holding all that and she never shared that with us. And um, it was, it honestly, if you <laughs> ever go on retreat, go away after and write, 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 each write your experience of it and then make a book out of it because it will make the most beautiful story for other people to read, but also for you to read that, like that share that other people's experiences. Because, yeah, like, I, I think that was the thing. Like
1: that. we all had... blueprint of we're in the same yurt we all ate the same food we all Mm -hmm. you know rocked up at the same time we all went to the abbey we all went shopping and it was kind of but everybody's experience or vision view of that experience that same experience was so different I think that was I love that what was really powerful and I think that's yeah I think that was that, that was the work with the land wasn't it Kathy and then I think Oh yeah, just sorry. We're talking being about in that space, we were sat. We were sat in yeah. the Abbey, and we just did it. We didn't move. We literally got there, sat under the tree that you know near the Yoni Stone, yeah. and we didn't really move. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, we've been here for like six hours." <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and then we go back to the yurts and we just sit
2: and sit on the land. And
1: it, I think it was the most nourishing experience, actually. And before again, because Kathy was holding my space, basically all I did was book the venue and get some food. Um, and basically basically before it, all I got shown is like, you know, in Gladiator, where you see him walking through the fields with his hands like brushing the the wheat fields that was gold. all I saw. It's like, that's what we've just got to walk around and like brush all the hay fever infested grass in Kathy's <laughs> eyes.) <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad it was so bad <laughs> but it was sort of it was this real I don't think I've laughed so much in all my life it was mm. we were just permanently giggling over mm. the most ridiculous things. so it was really maideny it was really fun and the Shakti Farts piece I have to like pay homage to Elaine because the first time I ever met her was in the Rebecca Campbell retreat we all met at she was my roomie along with um God, her name's Christy. gone. Christy. Christy. So the three of us were sharing, and then what happened was is Elaine just said, I might fart in my sleep because <laughs> when I'm doing energy work, it shifts through and it and it removes itself in the form of a Shakti fart. And, I, and it stuck with me. And I remember relaying that story on our retreat, and we we're all like, yes, this is what we're gonna call it. <laughs>
0: I love that yeah, I love Shakti yeah. farts what
2: is a Shakti fart most people don't know so I love that that came from Elaine I had no idea
1: that's yeah. amazing it just cracked me up yeah it like brings she's the just...
0: humanity in about all of this healing work where we think it's all like you know, you get these visions of everybody doing yoga and it's so beautiful and they're goddess gowns and all of that. It's not that at all. Like it's so not that, you know, there's snot everywhere, tears, but there's laughter and there's joy and there's the like humanity of it, like running around looking for a Costa chai tea latte. And then
2: not knowing what a chai tea latte is and then having one and falling in love with it.
0: Yeah, yeah and there's just there's reality like I might yeah. fart in my sleep the I total
1: humanity of that like we were we were sitting around and it was freezing cold in the so we we're all wrapped up in blankets and cozy socks and just looking like bag ladies actually crazy bag ladies
2: <laughs> yeah I would just have dresses on and then my big massive coat. we did look crazy but yeah. I, I think when it comes to the land if we are going to talk about that like like I said at the top of the of the recording, she's always there, holding space. Mm. You know, the land always comes through as the space holder, the the holder of the the experience. And I don't think I don't always think it matters where you are, like location wise. Um, but no. she's always there, present. But I know when we're outside, mm. you know, when we spend that time outside then she's more present you know if i go i have some other friends you know we might sit in someone's kitchen or whatever and have some have some drinks not the same as being sat out you know on the land mm-hmm. you know with our bare feet on the ground and just kind of having that outdoor experience and, and visiting different sacred sites and visiting different portals or just yeah feeling the different energetic um, aspects of Mother Earth in different locations, I think is is part of maybe what we've all experienced together. and um, yeah, sometimes maybe experienced on retreats,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's that being in communion is the word that wants to come mm. up with the land. Like my daughter, Brooklyn, mm. was just here, and we went for walks in the forest every day. And she doesn't do that at home because it's freezing cold, and she just doesn't because I made her here. And she said she's like I really miss that like going Mm. in the forest every day because there's such healing to it that you don't have to do anything except just walk through the forest be in nature like she heals Mm. in such a beautiful powerful way and provides in such a beautiful powerful way um when we just sit with her you know in a very intentional way or even unintentional way but there's it just feels like there's that stewardship with the land coming back that wasn't part of my childhood where you're Mm. her protector as well and her space holder as well and you know Yeah, yeah it's
2: interesting that isn't how the land has become that's become you know I think it's claiming the land I don't know of any of it where I live but you know that kind of um yeah where the man is Not not all men, but the man in inverted commas is, you know, taking land. Yeah, and it's like actually, whose is this? This is this is our land and our our you know even down to the environment. Like I think it's so important for us to have that communion with the environment and care not only just about the earth but about the plants and animals that exist here Mm -hmm. as well. Because that's they're all part of we're all part of it together.
0: Yeah. We're not separate. That's what I really received from that. We're, we're part of it. We're definitely part of it. Were there any common threads that came through with the stories of the struggles of being a mother and any wisdom that came through on how, how you navigate that?
1: I think there were some interesting discussions around our mothers. Mm and how they were um how they mothered us I guess and there was that there was a there was quite a few conversations around the trauma of kind of their relation some relationships with their mother and it actually made me I mean it makes you look at your own relationship it kind of made you step out of you and your mother and kind of look at it from a that glass bowl lens almost like okay so I always thought I had a good relationship with my mother and then I see how my mum definitely didn't want to be like her mum and Mm. what was really interesting about the stories we were sharing in our circle I was actually started going for walks with my mum in the woods and she started sharing stories with me about her mum and how she was made to feel and how you know she was the seventh daughter of you know she had there were seven kids she was the seventh daughter the witch Mm. you know there was yeah, the accident all of the words so my mum was sharing with me the the fact that she never felt worthy that wound has then transpired into me and that's something I see in my own girls and it's just I think it kind of got us all talking about our own ancestral lineage and what we were carrying and what we were transmuting and healing for our lineage, but also for each other as well. Um, cause I know, you know, there were definitely a couple of other mums that had really bad relationships with their mothers, but there were also a couple of other women who had amazing relationships with their mothers and one of them lost their mother during the process of writing the book. And mm. it just really, it's just, yeah just so many different things came up yeah and you know birth those that had babies those that had children with special needs you know it was all welcome
0: I love that healing the mother line our relationships with our mothers coming up but just with my recent journey um my mom shared a lot about her upbringing. Like it's brought us much closer. And when I heard stories, like she would share stories of her upbringing with me and my daughter, it was so healing because then you understand where your mother's coming from or why she might've shown up in the way that she's shown up. And, you know, and I, I haven't shared fully my story with my daughter yet, but I fully intend to, so she can understand. It's like when we share our stories, our kids, our mothers, our grandmothers, you know, they, they, we see our we see them through a new perspective like through a new lens and it's so healing so so healing Mm, yeah what's been your your biggest lesson with writing this book
2: Sarah? do you want to go do you want me to dive in
1: oh you go if it's if
2: it's there um to be vulnerable to keep showing up and being vulnerable um and not to be, not I think, not to be afraid of what's gonna come. Mm. Like, what's this gonna bring up? You know, I think that was one of my many fears around being part of this. Oh, what if it? What, and I'm no stranger to to the shadow work. Like you both know that. Mm-hmm. But especially with the mother, I, I, you know echo what Sarah said, you know, we all had, in terms of challenges, we all had that like mother load challenge. We could all emphasize with that, but individually, yeah, we had these, the thing that was unique was we had our unique flavors of challenge within our mother line relationship. And um, I was worried of what that would stir up of me sharing this story. No, it's not about my mom, you know? But just being part of this book and, and sharing something, um, was I was scared of what that might bring up with my mother. But actually, it's really interesting because, I mean, nothing massively shifted or changed, you know, like I'm, but my mother did, my mum came around the other day and, and I just asked her like one or two questions. And it spiraled into this hour and a half long conversation where we had that exact, you know, what you just were speaking about. Like I was able to appreciate the decisions she made as a mother and not that I ever blamed her for for some of the instances that we spoke about, but just getting and hearing her perspective and hearing her side of the story and hearing still how it, you know, the emotion's still there for her on certain aspects. It just, Shift, it felt like it shifted so much. Mm. So sometimes we can go in with a fear of, oh, what's this gonna, what bad thing is this gonna bring? But actually, what if it was beautiful? Like, what mm. if it was incredible? Like, what if this was healing? So, yes, the fear might be there, but did you open to the possibility of it being amazing and beautiful mm. and healing? Um, I think that's my answer to that question.
0: Yeah. That brought me back to when we were speaking about triggers and everything. And, you know, maybe one day you'd get reactive and you just like fire back if somebody triggered you. But what I really received from both of you is more like, no, it's an invitation for healing to go yeah. within. And so yeah, this right. book, you could have been scared of what it might have triggered or, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it was an invitation to heal on a deep level. Mm beautiful. Sarah what was your biggest lesson with the book?
2: Biggest lesson it's not I guess
1: that all of us are welcome I think that biggest lesson was you know in order to hold space for each other we all need to show up with completely open hearts and then we'll be met with completely open hearts. And I think that for me was the biggest lesson there were. I think what I also found, and when I first wrote a book and I was, I had a radio show through the pandemic, a lot came up with my dad. So kind of, oh, you know, is this chapter and verse according to Sarah, that kind of, you know, shush. Mm. kind of message came up quite a lot and I guess it just enabled it gave me the strength to respond to or, or not respond from my nine-year-old self you know it, it gave it, I took it I think I mentioned about emotional immaturity when I when that came through I was like oh shit that I am I have been an emotional immature mum mm. up until the I felt like I grew into my maturity the more I sat with people, the more I learned from others, the more I sat there and realized I wasn't alone in it all. And I think that for me was probably the biggest lesson is that we're all, I hate this word, walking each other home. <laughs> mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, we're all sitting there and we're none of us know what the hell is going on. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to I... second second guess my body, I used to second guess my decisions, and now. And I used to always want approval from other people to tell me what I always wanted someone to tell me what to do. And I guess the other thing, this book has just been completely led by my, by intuition. It hasn't been, we must do this now. We must put it together like this. It showed me that it is possible to work and lead from that place mm. and have a successful you know, create a successful thing, space, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. That makes sense. Now I'm being daft. Now I'm going back into my little 12 year old self. Like (laughs) shouldn't have said that.
0: No, that completely (laughs) makes sense. Completely makes sense that we're all walking each other home. We're all learning from each other. And I remember, I think it was in the first podcast episode that I had with you. And you said, we learn from our kids too. You know, like we learn from our elders, we, but our kids teach us too. And it's like,
1: allowing ourselves to learn every day is a school day and my my nine-year-old's normally the teacher (laughs)
0: okay last question for you both how do you experience the mysteries and how do you root into the self
1: how do i root into the self i hired a breathwork teacher to help me do that
0: (laughs) her name's kathy bell
1: Hello, it's Kathy Bell. <laughs> you'll, you'll find our details there
0: <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think also, uh, I guess uh, me being the way that I am, storytelling is my thing. Whether it's in PR, whether it's reading, writing a book, whether it's sharing on social media, I find I heal through telling stories. Yeah. So yeah. that again, if I don't do that, then if I if I don't amplify it or get it on paper, it festers so yeah, yeah writing breath
0: work you got three books now don't you yeah that's exciting very, very. Exciting. it might be more I think I think so
2: there's that's definitely well. more
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah and I mean yeah through the breath obviously Ovi. um and it's, you know, yeah, I've you know, Sarah and I both been on this podcast before in different different versions. So I love that question of I you know how do you relate to the mysteries? And probably my answer last time was really great. Um, but I think now where I am right now in this iteration of who I am, it's to be more human, like to mm. just to be who I am. Like that's how I root into myself is to love and accept all facets and wrinkles and you know darkness mm. and lightness i'm learning i'm learning right now to love and embrace and be proud of the the energy that i bring mm. i think i think a lot of the time i'd seen that as you know not okay it's not okay to be the whimsical light one you have to be serious and now I'm kind of like, I'm 14. I'm just not changing. So maybe who I've been all along is who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah, relating relating to the mysteries written into myself is is just loving and accepting all of those, all those parts of me that maybe I've denied and shamed and not thought that were good enough. And mm-hmm. in doing that, it gives you a spiraling inwards, it gives you that deeper, um, deeper respect for life and the mystery and yeah being more of who you are I think is the whole point
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that being more of who you are is the whole point Mm -hmm.
2: yeah someone write that down for me I can't be bothered (laughs) (laughs) I like
0: we're done (laughs) yeah anything else that's on anybody's heart before we close that you want to throw into the conversation where can people find your book, your podcast, your
1: Oh, just thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Um yeah, you can find her on Amazon, on that Waterstones, um, oh, in Wake the
0: West oh, wow.
1: oh, I love that.
2: <laughs> uh, there's there's wakeupmother.com. So there's yeah. we have okay. a there's a Substack page and from wakeupmother.com there's all of the link to all of the radio shows and the podcasts and the unedited versions of the podcasts, and then links to all the authors and contributors and yeah so, okay. yeah,
0: that'll be in the show notes everybody yeah. can check it out well thank you both so much for this conversation i love you both it was fun love you
2: love you we should
0: have wrote chapters after our retreat we'll have to do we it s- again apparently we should. Know. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.